Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Champions podcast. This is the late mail edition for round 12. It's also episode 108. You're here with Catfish as always, here to deliver you Wacker's Whispers for this week, also to tackle your Twitter questions and yeah, uh, just to chat about where we're at and what we're building towards and obviously I'll go through what my plans are for my own team. Not that my team is doing very well, so maybe it's good you can listen and avoid everything I'm doing because I do not have the Midas touch this year. But look, uh, plenty to chat about, so let's jump straight into it. First off, with the Wacko's Whispers for this week. You've got mail, baby, yeah! Kicking it off this Thursday night with the Broncos at home at Suncorp against the Storm. So the Broncos, they do, uh, well, they had Reese Kennedy in doubt. They have now officially ruled him out due to an illness. And that's brought Dale Copley onto the bench. And uh, that's a bit ugly, honestly. But Asiata's named to start at prop in Kennedy's spot. But I imagine Flegler will play prop. And Asiata will slot into that ball-playing lock roll, which he does uh, when he's on the field. Herbie Farmworth is back. And we do have a new debutant, TC Rabadi. And this 18th man, it looks like going. it's going to be Selwyn Cobbo, who is an outside back, uh, fullback slash winger. So, yeah, lots of backs coverage for the Broncos, it seems. I wonder why. But for the Storm, so they had their own loss with Christian Welsh pulling out yesterday. That brings Tui Kamikamitha to the starting pack. The other expected change is that we might see Cooper Johns come into the halves. And that would see Chris Lewis drop back to the bench and Dean Aramia drop out of the 17. He's currently been added to the bench with uh, Christian Welsh's withdrawal. Otherwise, the remaining two players outside the 17 would likely be Cooper Johns, Aaron Penne or Dean Aramia, depending on how things play out. But it seems like a final team list thing to monitor there. So obviously big implications for those considering Chris Lewis after his decent score from last week. On to the first Friday game, that's the Cowboys and the Warriors. The Cowboys look set to be 1-17 with the Hammer, Hamiso Tabuai-Fido, returning to full training after an ankle injury and he will play. There is a chance he might play right centre with Jarvid Vaughan remaining at left centre. Helam Luki could spend time on the left edge during the game after he spent some time there during uh, training this week. Val Holmes is good to go after he copped a cork early in the game last week and he will play. He's trained all week. Cohen has trained with the squad as well, and he'll play after he missing last week due to concussion. And Peter Holler has been named on the bench to play his first NRL game of the year. On the Warriors' side, the Warriors have travelled up to Townsville on Wednesday, so they've got no players in doubt. They might have a couple of switch-ups again, like last week we might see Ben Murdoch-Masilla and Bunty Afoa starting the game, and that'll see Jack Murchie and Kane Evans dropping back to the bench. If that happens again, we might see Murdoch Msilla and Torhu Harris switching positions during the game like they did last week. Adam Pompey will also overcome a cork to play, and boom rookie Reese Walsh continues at fullback with RTS on the right wing. Then the Friday night game, the Tigers and the Dragons. The Tigers welcome back James Roberts from a shoulder injury. He's completed a full week of training last week as part of his rehab. He's been named to return on the left wing with Tommy Talao named at centre. With, uh, I think it's been noticed, Tommy Talao looking a little bit shaky under the high ball. He isn't centre by trade, not really a winger. And the Tigers plan to use Robert Speed and bringing back kick returns could pay dividends as well. There's a potential that Jake Simpkin could also come to the bench like last week if uh, Madge McGuire decides he needs some cover for Jacob Liddell on the bench. 
On the Dragons' side, the Dragons have named both Cody Ramsey and Jaden Hunt. They both did fail HIAs last week, and I believe Ramsey has now confirmed to have passed all the required HIA protocols. He's got his doctor's clearance. He should be right to play this week. Adam Clune and Kate Ellis were named as cover if either of them were ruled out. So uh, should be no issues for Clune there. He won't be required. Billy Burns and Blake Laurie both passed the game to HIAs on the weekend, and they will play. Tariq Sims returns from suspension on the left edge. That'll see Billy Burns switching over to the right edge, and that's to replace the suspended Josh Kerr. Braden Williami has been named on the wing to play his first game in five weeks after a calf injury. And new signing Gerard Beal has been named to play right centre in his second stint at the Dragons. First game on Saturday is the Panthers and the Bulldogs. The Panthers have named Moses Liotta to return after he missed last game due to a shoulder injury. He still needs to pass a final fitness test at the captain's run to play. If ruled out, Matt Eisenhuth is going to start. And we could see either a debutante in either Lindsay Smith or Isaac Targo coming onto the bench. Sorry if I butchered his name there. Liam Martin moves to the right edge to cover the suspended Kurt Capewell. And that'll, again, resume a right-side partnership with Nathan Cleary. That's been very successful. Uh, and Eisenhuth did pass this game to HIA, so should be no issues there. He's trained all week with the squad. On the Bulldogs' side, the Bulldogs do welcome back Jack Hetherington from suspension. Obviously, very interesting to see how he's going to handle these new rules. Josh Jackson has also been named to return from a calf injury, however, still pending his uh, making it through the captain's run in order to play. This will obviously impact upon Luke Thompson, as expected, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Now, it may also see Jackson moving to the right edge, though, and Matt Dury will stand the left, and Adam Elliott could continue playing lock, uh, which he did last week. DWZ is in some doubt due to a foot injury. If he's ruled out, Nick Meany will move to fullback. Tui Katoa, who has recovered from concussion, could come onto the wing. And otherwise, Carl Flanagan has been named on the extended bench. There is some chat that he could come back into the 17. Next game on Saturday, we've got the Rabbitohs and the Eels. The Rabbitohs welcome back Cam Murray from his ankle injury as he does look to prove his fitness to play Origin. Obviously, he's missed the last couple of weeks. Jacob Host is in some doubt due to a court injury. That's kept him out for the last few weeks, and he'll need to prove his fitness to play. If he does, that might see Keon Kaloa Matangi move over to the right edge, will allow Host to play on the preferred left edge. Tane Mill returns on the right, right wing with Josh Mansour ruled out due to concussion. Liam Knight and Jaden Sua have been dropped to an extended bench in a shakeup from coach Wen Bennett, but one of them could come back into the 17 for Hame Sele. On the Eels side, they have no major issues leading into the game, expecting to be 1-17. to Wonga Blake set to play as he overcomes a minor knock from last weekend to play again. Uh, I think a lot of Eels fans not too happy about that, as well as Blake Ferguson owners probably. Then the Saturday night game, the Roosters and the Raiders. The Roosters will, obviously they've lost Angus Crichton after he failed on Tuesday night at the judiciary. That'll see Nat Butcher starting on the left edge and either Nafahu White or Egan Butcher will come onto the bench. Josh Morris missed last week's game due to a back injury. He needs to take part in the captain's run in order to play. And obviously Joseph Suwali is in the squad as cover if Morris is ruled out again. Tupanua passes game day HI in the weekend, will be fit to play. There was some chat earlier in the week that Sam Walker may be rested heading into the bye, but at this stage it looks likely that he will play. On the Raiders side, they do have hooker Tom Starling in a bit of doubt after he suffered a double injury last weekend. That's a shoulder and an ankle concern. He will need to prove his fitness at the captain's run if ruled out. Obviously, they've got a ready-made replacement in Josh Hodgson. He'll start at hooker. 
and rookie Brad Schneider would come onto the bench from last week. Jordan Rappiner returned to training last week after he recovered from his hamstring injury. Just needs to survive training this week in order to play and be a confirmed starter. Elliot Whitehead should play as well, despite suffering a nasty-looking dislocated finger last week. And Sam Limbs has been in to replace uh, outgoing uh, George Williams, who is already no longer with the club, and expected he'll line up on the right edge, playing last week uh, on the left edge, so he'll start on the right this fine, and should take up the goalkeeping duties as well. So that's something to keep an eye on there. And then the Sharks and the Titans. The Sharks, they expect to be 1-17. to They welcome back Sean Johnson and also Andrew Fafita, both from hamstring concerns. SJ's return also see coach Josh Hannay make the big call of dropping Chad Townsend out of the 17. Sharks fans rejoice. Mulatalo and Jesse Ramian return on the right wing and right centre, respectively, after both missed a lot of games due to injury. And also another name, Siasifa Talakai, returns on the bench after he missed the last few, four weeks due to suspension. On the Titans side, they also look set to be 117. They do get massive in with David Feeder returning on the left edge after he missed the last two weeks due to suspension. Patrick Herbert also returns after he recovered from his calf injury. Ash Turtler also re- returns from his hip injury. He is fit and in this 21, but he may not be able to force Tanner Boyd out of the 17. On And then the final game of the round, we got the Knights and the Seagulls. The Knights welcome back Kellen Ponga after he missed the last two weeks due to a groin injury. Pong has trained with the squad all week, just needs to make it through the captain's run in order to be a confirmed starter. Bradman Best did not train with the squad earlier in the week due to a hamstring injury, and he still needs to pass his fitness test at the captain's run to play. They've got Tex Hoy or Simi Sasagi as options should best be ruled out. Jacob Saifidi and Tyson Frizzell both trained with the squad this week, and uh, they should be fine to play. They both passed their HIAs on game day anyway. On the Seagulls side, they have expect to have one minor change to the 17, Marty Tupau's dropping back to the bench like previous weeks. Sean Kepi moving from the second row to prop. And Curtis Sirinan, who's recovered from knee and hamstring injuries, should be returning on the right edge. That'll see Kyle Lawton stay on the left edge next to Schuster. They have Lachlan Croker, shoulder, and Ruben Garrick leg, and Kyle Lawton a bit of a knock. All recovering from minor injuries to play. That is Wacker's Whispers for another week. Now we're going to look at your questions from Twitter. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. All right. Thanks again for all your questions. So jumping straight into it. First question comes from from Bing. Uh, Bing numbers. Hi, Wilfred. Should we keep dead Pappenhausen? Uh, I knew this was coming. Look, I am at the point where you know, I'm really concerned about my trade numbers. I've been harping on about saving trades, saving trades, and I've only saved two myself, which is... To be honest, I don't think it's enough. And whilst I've obviously suffered and my rank's taken a huge dive, and look, in hindsight, yeah, wrong move. I should have traded Pappenhausen to Turbo early on. Uh, but the reality is, is I'm at this point, if he is going to play round 13, I need to make sure he's in there at this stage. Whilst he's unlikely to play, the latest update is he's apparently starting or started light duties, according to, I think, Frank Panisi. Uh, there was an interview where, he, you know, he was giving updates on mostly Munster and Harry Grant, but uh, there was a mention that Pappenhausen was expected to start light duties. If I'm not mistaken, that's stage two or stage three, um, maybe stage two. And I think that means that if he has started by now in particular, if he progresses through the protocols, he will be back for the following round. 
Now, I still don't think he's going to be picked for Origin, but there is, you know, uh, he's not ruled out effectively for round 13, even though it's unlikely. And if not, then he's back round 14. You know, no one's going to have a gun fullback in round 13 anyway, especially with Turbo, Teddy, all of those guys out. The only one who might be there would be Gutherson. And that's still very much up in the air. Like, there's so many question marks on that. So I don't see the point in me trading out someone who won't play next week. And, I mean, to me, if I'm trading out Pappenhausen, I want to get Turbo, basically. And I could get Turbo for this week, but then I might not have him for round 13. And like I said on the earlier episode, I think he's not going to play round 14. He might, but I'm not banking on it. So if I'm going to potentially miss out on him for round 14 then I'm still going to have basically either Pappenhausen playing round 14. And, and to be honest, uh, that's what I'm banking on the very minimum and fingers crossed for round 13. All I have Turbo for round 12 and maybe round 14 backing up from origin where maybe he's on you know, reduced minutes or his output's lower. There's so many question marks there. So to me, I'm just going to bank the trade because as much as I've suffered, like I've already been through the worst of it. I can't really go much worse. Uh, of course, Turbo might score another 200 points this week and that I will regret that even more. But I just think, yeah, I, I kind of feel I'd rather keep the trade in there and I'll see how we go. <laughs> I'll probably be wrong again. But anyway, uh, next question is from uh, Lake at Adam D Numbers. So thoughts on no trading this week. Uh, happy with the side currently. Need to preserve trades. Absolutely. If you don't need to trade, then bank those trades. Don't trade for the sake of it because I just don't see, like, you might make a side, what what might be described as a sideways trade because of matchup or whatever, and you might bank an extra 50 points, 100 points. But to me, those trades are going to be worth way more than 50 to 100 points in at the end of a season. Like, like I said, you lose a, a gunkeeper for the season – if you're out of trades to replace them, you're missing out on far more than 50 to 100 points. So that's where, I mean, if we're in a situation where come end of season, no one gets hurt, then I'm going to lose out, obviously, if I bank trades in there. But you know, the moment that injury occurs, you, at least I have options. So that's where I'm at on that one. Uh, next question from at uh, Renault Kwana. Front row forward to replace Welsh, looking at Clemmer and Twal and also... Fisher-Harris. Look, I think of those three names. I, I do prefer JFH. Again, playing for the better team. Sure, his scores are up and down, and he's scored a couple of tries. He's probably more expensive too, but you know, in terms of eye test, he looks the best of them all. In terms of his role, it's more defined. Like he, He's still getting fairly settled minutes for the most part, and he's definitely playing round 13, barring injury. So, yeah, I'm very comfortable with JFH as an option there. Next question comes from Giorgio at Giorgio Numbers. What do you do if you missed out on Hines? How can you grab those points elsewhere? Also, Burton or Hughes for Sam Walker? All right, let's work backwards. I think uh, Burton or Hughes, I do prefer Hughes. I think he's more likely to be a season-long keeper. He's a great point of difference, less than 5% ownership, especially up the top as well. And whilst you might be playing a bit overs, I mean, how can you argue with the matchup this week? Broncos at Suncorp, still in love playing there. Covers round 13. Look at rounds 14, 15. It's great, basically, for the Storm. So can't argue with that. Uh, Burton, I still think, is a fine buy. But, yeah, between those two, definitely uh, no, no contest there. Now, Hines. Look, I guess with Hines, you know, he's kind of negative 50 break even. And he's coming off two back-to-back massive scores. 
And he is basically, you know, Pappenhausen light. Audi Pappenhausen right now. Pappenhausen without being as good as goal kicking effectively. And I think for that reason, if the, I, mean, I think firstly, Heinz is going to smash the Broncos tonight because the Broncos always struggle against fullbacks. Look at all the gun fullbacks and how they've scored. And I guess you could say based on recent performance, Heinz is in that category. And then you look at the fact that he plays around 13. You know, I spoke last week, I think, if, you know, Pappenhausen did play around 13 and he's the only one of the gun fullback uh, group that does play, you can't not have him. So if Pappenhausen misses it and Heinz is the one and he's available at centre wing, like, to me, it just becomes such a op- such an easy choice. I know it sucks that he's as expensive as he is, even though, like, we said last week to, to get him at 580. So... At 725, 800, I think that price tag with the negative 50 break even, it might be a two week swap. And round 14, you're trading him out, or round 15, you're trading him out for, you know, 800 grand, whatever. But you can downgrade Heinz at that point to the center wing of your choice and upgrade elsewhere. So I think it's a fairly safe trade. You might be playing overs, but I think just get him. As for who you go for if you didn't want to get him, that's really tough. I don't think there's anyone who's got that kind of ceiling at the moment outside of the gun fullbacks. And unless you happen to stumble upon the the right winger who's going to score three or four tries this week, I don't know how to predict that. I mean, George Jennings maybe against the Broncos, left edge, new it's David Mead there. Uh, I don't know. It's a really tough call, honestly. I'd just buy Heinz if I could afford him, basically. Anyway, next question is uh, from Wolji at Gisikis. What do you think current Chris Lewis for rounds 12, 13, then upgrade to Torhu for round 14? If Lewis was starting, brilliant. If he's on the bench, don't like it as much because obviously it's going to cap his cash increase. So if Lewis starts, I'm all for that. In fact, I was looking at Karen to Chris Lewis myself. But yeah, only if he's starting. Otherwise, yeah, it's just too risky to get him off the bench. Look at his other scores this year. Next question is from SC underscore crackers. Hey, mate, is putting Radley in your team good advice or bad advice? Look, there's a backstory to this. Uh, so had a bit of a private chat to SC cracker here and long story short, you know, and, and he can probably verify this. In my chat to him, I was saying I was looking at Tom Eisenhuth because uh, I told him I was getting Kenny Bromwich and then obviously he got hurt and then he was like, well, you should get Radley over Bromwich anyway. So I was telling him, oh, I'm looking at Tom Eisenhuth, Tom Eisenhuth, he's going on about Radley, Radley. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it was my own choice. He didn't talk me into him, but I think it's just funny because he felt a little bit guilty afterwards for putting Radley in my mind, but no, it's my own fault. So appreciate it. So I'd say it's bad advice. (laughs) Anyway, uh, next question from Pete McDermott at Seagull. Pete, hi, Wolf. I have at least 13 round 13 players, up to 16, depending on selections. Crichton and Lodge out is my blow as my only cover left is James. Would you play James and keep Karen or would you trade Karen to a Palacia, CHN, Tupanua or Kakao and play them? Thoughts on SJ instead of Burton? Again, working backwards, SJ, no way. Uh, I'm not looking at SJ, not until I see how he actually plays off this latest injury. Per my chat with NRL Physio the other day, I think, yeah, just wait and see. Make sure you see three or four good performances from him where SJ looks like he's back to normal you know, running the ball, engaging the line and, you know, doing what he does to get good super coach points. Like you look at his scores, none, none of them have been convincing. So I don't see the rush to get SJ in. 
And, you know, if I look at SGI, I'm getting in maybe around 16 or around 17 at the earliest, basically. And I would happily ca- trade Curran and, you know, Sia Chen, Kakao, both are all right. I would stay away from Palacia and I, I, I get the appeal of Tupanua, but just the whole question mark once Corden is back and that's expected around 14 onwards leans me towards either a CHN or Kikau. And I think I'd lean Kikau just because he plays for the Panthers and CHN plays for uh, what you could describe as a fairly dysfunctional team right now in the Raiders. So, yeah, I would not just play James. And yeah, Kikau gets you an extra round 13 number. And I think, yeah, he could go really well against the Bulldogs. Obviously scored a double against him at, at the start of the year. So that's, yeah, where I'd lean. Next question is from Jaya Pritchard at Fat Icarus. Who do we trade in for Welsh? IPAP's going to lose money this week, break even of 120 plus. He's got the Cheese, he's got Naz, Ramble, Regan Campbell Gillard, James Fisher Harris, Origin Risk. Well, JFH is a Kiwi, so definitely no Origin Risk there. He's the safest pick out of all of those, aside from Cheese and Naz. Uh, well, I guess Papa Lee, also not, a, not an Origin option. Honestly, if you're if you if the cash is not critical to you, I just go IPAP, get the points in there. He's just, you know, so favorably looked upon by the scorers right now that it's just, yeah, he's on fire basically. So he's the premium there. If you don't like all of these other names here, aside from maybe Fisher Harris and maybe Cheese at a pinch, I'd be trading them out later. So yeah, if you want someone that's going to be a keeper for the season, just get IPAP in. If you want someone that is potentially, a, you know, also a season-long hold but might not be your top two front row forward, so it might be on your reserves or your bench and your NPRs each week, then Fisher-Harris is probably where I'd look at there. Now, I guess um, if there's someone else you want to look at for front row forward that doesn't cover around 13, so it's not around 13 number, but um, there's the, the drums are starting to beat for Marty to Powell. Uh, the numbers are hard to argue with. He, Even though playing off the bench, he's still averaging decent minutes. The main thing is he's got his offload going again, which is huge for him. We know that's part of the reason his scores weren't that great previously. But for whatever reason, offload's going. That's great news for Marty. So, yeah, I don't mind it. Um, he's still maybe coming off the bench this week, but I think the last four or five weeks has shown it doesn't really matter. He's getting those scores in there. Uh, so, yeah, someone else to think about there. I know there's some um, other super coaches out there keen. So, yeah, just something I throw in there for sure. All right, next question comes in from Andrew at Sydney Kiwi 1. Hi, Wilfred. Thoughts on Hughes coming back from the calf injury? If you had the money and have decided to move on Walker, which he has, are there any doubts of Hughes? His alternative is Cody, round 17 coverage. So, to me, I don't have any real question marks over Hughes. I think if he's fit to play, he'll play. And if he's not, the Storm, uh, they're, they're being cautious. They don't need the win. They always beat the Broncos. They just had a really good win last week without Hughes in the halves and without a first-choice spine, basically. So I don't see the Storm risking Hughes at all if he's not fit, especially when they know for sure that they will need him round 13 because of all the other origin outs they're going to have. So, yeah, I I think if Hughes plays this week, he'll be fine, basically. Now, uh, Dean Jones at Dino underscore THFC. Saving trades this week has only have 17 left, so keeping Sam Walker and Taki Aho hoping they go well this week. It's got 10 to 11 for round 13 at this stage, depending on who gets picked for origin. Even if I was trading as a head-to-head, I don't think I'd go Burton. Uh, I don't think that's a question, but look, I don't have any objections to what you've said there. If you're a head-to-head, Burton's not really an option. 
I think as a head-to-head player, I would just be happily, you know, either keeping Sam Walker if, you know, your upcoming opponents have him or otherwise I'd be looking at maybe just going to the next best keeper in that position, which could be a, you know, shoes or whatever. So, yeah, that's where I would lean there. Uh, next question comes in from D at Barkerstone Tiger. Thoughts on buying Dave Feeder? Bad idea. Obviously, Origin, resting, etc. Better off than buying Luciano, Brandon Smith, and having to bring them in and out, costing two trades. Also, thoughts, thoughts on selling Sam Walker for Burton or Sam season keeper. Finally, would you buy any of Luciano, Smith, or Martin? And he also wants to know my trades and my captain, vice captain. I can already tell you, captain and vice captain, vice captain Hines and captain Cleary. Nice and simple, very vanilla, but I think this year is more than ever showing that vanilla is perfectly fine. Uh, again, working backwards, would I buy Luciano? No. Again, I think aside from round 13 coverage, you look at rounds 14 to 16, it's gross, basically. I don't want to play any Tiger during that period. So, yeah, it's a lot of money to play for someone who might not want to roll out very often. Brandon Smith, I don't mind. Viably, he could be a season-long hold. You know, you look at his scores, even when Harry Grant was back, when he was playing combination middle and hooker, he didn't really drop any ugly scores, basically. I think he had one score as when he started at hooker and he scored 38 in 58 minutes. But aside from that, like 86, 64, 63, and obviously last week he's playing hooker, scored 106, but he's pumping out 60-plus, 50-plus most weeks. Uh, and in that middle kind of hybrid role that he's been doing. So if you get stuck with him, it's not the end of the world, basically. He's got a handy dual position. So, yeah, I don't mind cheese. I I think ideally you'd want to be able to trade him in, then trade him out again at the cost of an extra trade. But, yeah. And Martin, if that's Liam Martin, then I'd be staying away based on all the rumours and the chat about him potentially being in the Origin squad. Like, it sounds crazy, but Freddie is a space cadet. Uh, so we don't know what's going on there. And Sam Walker, look, he could be a season keeper. I just don't know. It's so hard to predict with rookies, especially one that's so banged up. And, you know, if he keeps the goal kicking all season, maybe, but he's been kicking pretty badly. And eventually that's going to cost some points, I reckon. So Takeaho might come back in as the primary kicker. Yeah, look, I don't have an issue with, uh, whether you trade him out or not, it just comes down to do you have confidence in R- Sam and also the Roosters. At this stage, I think I expect them to be better postseason, uh, so post-Origin, I mean, rather than over this Origin period. Like Generally, the Roosters kind of coast a little bit. They can't rest on their laurels, obviously, because they're not in the top four at the moment. They're going to push hard for it. That's why I actually think Teddy might play a bit more over this Origin period, but that just really depends how Origin goes, honestly. So long story short, I think I would be okay with selling him with the view of keeping a close eye and maybe getting him back for someone later, especially if he covers around 17. So that's where I'm at, I think. And buying Dev Feeder, look, I held him um, out of necessity, basically. So I am extremely happy I get him this week, but I don't know if I'd rush him back in just because there is a chance he's going to miss some games later. And even if not, his minutes might be managed. So I would probably, yeah, stay away. But if you are running low on trades, if you max traded, then just get him back and hold him. That's probably the other solution there rather than trying to go for the buy coverage. If he goes for a hat trick again, he'll score more in in, in this week than he would for 
like other, you know, potentially than than what Luciano would score this week and next week combined. So, yeah, I don't think it's a bad issue, uh, a bad issue to have just by getting Davis Feeder for the season. Now, my trades, I am quite torn on really because there is uh, a simple option where I can go Sam Walker to Hughes and I'd have to go Curran down to Chris Lewis to do that in, uh, and still have cash for my trades next week. The question is, is if Lewis is benched, as Wacker's Whispers indicates, I don't want to do that. And then I have to look at uh, Eisenhuth instead, I think, because I, I still need a back row right now, which is my drama there. So uh, I won't be able to decide, basically, until I see final team lists. If that's the case, I may not be able to afford Hughes like I wanted to, so I might be forced to go with either holding Sam Walker and just saving the other trade, or alternatively... I might end up just going with maybe like Kikau or someone like that instead of uh, Eisenhuth with the aim of just holding that person for the rest of the season as a, you know, fifth center, uh, second row forward or something like that. And Kikau's not a bad option to be stuck with if on any given week, you know, regardless of the matchup, he could go big. And if it just so happens you're forced into playing him, you're rolling him out, that's not the end of the world. So I guess that's where my head is at the moment. So we'll have to see what final team lists deliver. And yeah, now I think the last question is from at Mr. Jacob Shepard. What's the absolute, absolute minimum acceptable number of players to field in round 13 in my opinion? This is, I think, very dependent on obviously what the origin numbers are, but I'm going to say around 13 is a good number and that may include the likes of Luai and To'o in there. So if those guys are selected, then I think you want to have no you might end up only having 11 or 12 at best. So somewhere around there, I wouldn't want to have less than 11 is my gut feeling, but it will very much depend on who's picked for origin. If, you know, guys like Leniu and, and Stefano and Simpkin end up showing up. So even if you have like 10 solid guys and maybe one or two of those, or even like nine solid guys and one or two of those uh, fringe selections who might just play off the bench or whatever, then that's probably serviceable and you know if Luai misses and Toro misses Origin I'd want to have closer to that 14-15 mark if possible I'm going to push hard I might actually end up with 16 or 17 if all of those guys do play but like I'm obviously further back so it makes more sense for me now the one caveat I will say about this round 13 number is it, it is very dependent if you've got big numbers somehow for round 17 and you're going to aim to have a lot of numbers there, then you can afford to run a little bit less. If obviously you've gone hard at 13, then maybe you can afford to go a little bit lower for round 17. It's ultimately about your overall numbers across both rounds. And I think if you're getting somewhere around 25 in total for both rounds combined, you're probably doing really well. I think a lot of people may be closer to 23, 22 even, because round 17, honestly, it looks gross. So yeah, good luck with that. Anyway, uh, I think that's probably, like I said, all the questions and I've already talked about my trades and things like that. So yeah, I'll keep it a bit shorter this week. Thanks as always for listening. Good luck for your choices and I'll catch you again soon.